0: Hello, Tabletop Wargamers, and welcome to Tried and True, a podcast hosted by the Delaware War Machine community. Join us as we dive deep into topics around our favorite games, exploring methods and techniques proven to enhance anyone's gaming experience. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 10th episode of Tried and True. I am your host, Paul.
1: And I'm Dan.
0: Dan, how does it feel that it's an episode with just you and me again? It's like uh, we're we're getting back to our origin.
1: I feel like this is one of those uh, buddy cop reunion action movies where where like the two main characters can team up and 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 knock some heads or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's cool though. I, you know, it, I I love it. I love the fact that we have all the different dynamics, the different hosts that we have here. Andy just with his little you know like zingy one-liners and you know erica's enthusiasm like i love it but yeah you know we're keeping up with our whole thing on our interviews we like kind of like doing it with like a couple of different guests in here so mm-hmm. we are on the second episode of our deep dive into privateer press series and we're going to be continuing along with that so just real fast if you haven't done so already please take a moment and make sure that you're subscribed to our youtube channel you can find us on more than dice shout out to gonzo for helping us out with that and uh if you really like what we do support us on patreon your support goes a long way you get access to art access to early releases of all of our battle reports and stuff and dan there's some uh, really fun exciting news with how many subscribers and youtube right you want to share some uh That's right. Sneak peek.
1: Yes, of course. So we started this when we were around 350 followers. We're up to 390 right now, which is great. We want to hit 500. So with that remaining 150 to cover, we decided we were going to give away $150. So... We're going to have some full contest rules in the future, but we're looking to give away some store credit to uh, Frozen Forge, which is a company which makes some really high-quality measuring tools and widgets for the game of War Machine. So uh, please keep an eye out for that in our future episodes, and we will provide you with full contest details as soon as they are ready.
0: We're really excited by this. I mean, if you take a look on the Battle reports if you see any games that andy and i are in we use frozen forge widgets i even have the token set for retribution they're they're great stuff and i mean ten dollars i mean you might even just be able to get like a small token set just with that on its own so yeah high quality stuff so we're really excited by this so just stay tuned we're probably going to go and have that details uh in our show notes for either the podcast or, or probably the podcast and the battle reports on youtube so just keep an eye out for that but with that, let's go ahead and get started with this next interview. So if you heard, we have the playtest and organized play manager with us, Lauren Lauer. Lauren, go ahead and take a moment, to say hello, and tell about what you do at Privateer Press.
2: Hey, everyone. Like Paul said, my name is Lauren. I manage a lot of the playtesting we do for all of our content we have coming down the pipeline, as well as coming up with and, and testing all of the organized play stuff we have coming down the line. I haven't put out my first steamroller document yet, but hopefully that will be coming for you by the about the end of the year. And that's the quick lowdown of what I do.
0: Lauren, can you actually kind of uh, your avatar? Who is this lady with like the red hair and the and, and the glasses? <laughs> uh, I, I I mean like it just is a sign of me getting old when I don't know anime characters anymore. So like, <laughs> oh, it, it, I chose a picture of them
2: too. That's really obscure. So I don't like don't don't worry about it. It's Futaba from Persona Five okay
0: oh okay gotcha yeah
1: She's so just gonna start playing that game soon she's been oh, itching to play it in, for a while so
2: it, it's great i cannot wait to get royal on the pc when it comes out later this year i'm super excited
0: man i wish andy was on this episode because he loves persona he uh <laughs> I, I don't remember if it was like four or five but i remember like seeing it like off when he was uh, playing it with the um with this playstation but I, I'll, I'll say this for the persona games i think the only one i played was two the soundtracks in those games like oh oh chef's kiss ah uh, they, they they've they only gotten better. The, every game.
2: Yeah. I, I as when I was the community manager before this position, I chose Futaba because I just thought it would be funny to be like, oh, the person watching you on the internet is the attacker character from Persona. it's just <laughs> That's a good one.
1: <laughs> nice. I know I really love Joker's theme song in Smash Brothers. That's oh. nice and jazzy tune. I love it. So Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, I can agree with the music. <clears throat>
0: And then you also mentioned, sorry, you said a uh, community manager. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about your, your career at parts Like, how'd you get started oh, and, and how'd you get to where you are now?
2: Well, a little over six years ago at this point, I, I started actually in shipping. I moved very quickly from shipping into physical engineering of the actual models. So it's a step before the models go into production, right? Sure. The, the 3D models have to get printed and the prints have to be prepared so that they can be then copied for molds and mass produced. I then went into that lasted like a couple of months before I actually uh, took over the sales department Okay. for, uh, I, I've done a lot of different things in the company. And then we, after the last community manager left, they needed someone to take over the role. And I just was already on all of the social media anyway, in the background. So I took over that for community manager. And then there was an opportunity for me to move into design and development. And I would already been helping them for years at that point internally playtesting stuff so it was a natural fit
0: gotcha and then like did you find like with all the different positions that you've had there like your skills from one department were able to be used in another because i I think about my own career it's like they they move you into positions you're not normal with but you find that your skills do translate well over maybe it's just like one or two whether it be like organization or scheduling or just being able to know how to use excel or something like that
2: oh oh yeah just like uh particularly now that I'm in design understanding how the production end works because they've they've not had until recently anyone in design who understood like the fine details of production enough to know that when they make something this is going to cause problems in this way or vice versa and now we have the whole uh, with me and Eric both having connections to production now that we moved into design we both we have a strong connection to like how to produce these models most efficiently both rules wise and physically so that's been a huge help it's
0: really cool and then how about just gaming in general how'd you end up finding your way into gaming is this a hobby that you picked up at an early age or oh
2: yeah i i discovered my dad's old D stuff in a closet at 12 first edition and uh, me and my friends just could not stop putting put putting uh dnd down and we played the heck out of it third edition second edition we found Iron Kingdoms, and that's how I found War Machine through the old Iron Kingdoms RPG. That'll let people know that we started as an RPG company before we were a war game company. So.
0: Yeah, I remember because like my sister, she was actually said this in the, the the previous episode with Matt was that um she had like the original I think three uh, oh which fire, fire uh, yeah. yeah and it's she was like yep it's it's right there on my bookshelf and it it's cool she even got like the new uh, the fifth edition stuff in there so it's just it's cool it's just it's really neat to be able to see like how privateer press has really like influenced so many people
2: yeah it's it's crazy having come. From like as a kid just finding D&D to getting to actually work and make work on the actual production of D&D materials with Matt Getz uh, helping him with the playtest and the rules for our fifth edition
0: supplements it's been a blast I've loved it. Yeah, it's really cool because they're like talking with him about it. He says, like, hey, there's like these meetings around the table and it's like, Hey, this is what I want to go do. Will this work for you? And it's it's amazing just how the company really does have to work with all these different departments and, and stuff. So it, it it's cool. It's really cool. I like it.
1: So it's some kind of well oiled war machine, you might say.
0: Ah I saw what you did there. <laughs> ah. you no, know, it's I was gonna say it's also
2: just like a real family atmosphere. We're all real chill and work together and we're you know, small company, you know, literally mom and pop shop. We, we love working together and coming up with ideas and a lot of mutual
0: respect from all departments to each other. So, And then you also mentioned that you were the community manager. And I've, I've, saw, I've seen you on Discord servers. I've seen you, like, participate. How, what do you think is, like, the best way that you've seen players to connect with each other? And how have you seen it change? And I, I guess your overall, like, thoughts on that. Oh, just... Oh, man, that that comes a wide question. So
2: my favorite way (laughs) for people to connect is just over their own creativity and passion from the game. And that might sound like, oh, of course, but like uh, it was not just the tournaments that got me into the game when I first found my first War Machine community. It was the painting groups. It was the train building groups. And I've seen so much creativity helped keep the community together. Through COVID in the last two years, uh, just the the point of day challenge, the Facebook group where everyone posts all their painting, like, it's been amazing to see everyone connect about that and then finding different ways to play the game as we come back into the game stores. I think that's just my favorite way to see people connect that way
0: you know it's amazing you say that because uh when seth was talking with us he said that there was like the the war machine was like the three what the three-legged stool it was the rules the the community and and the hobby Mm -hmm. and like that community is huge and 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 i think that that is probably one of the strongest things that i've seen at least like within like all war machine players at least when i go to any location everyone's just super friendly chill they love to have a good time and it's great i love it
2: yeah uh, and then get super intense in a tournament scene. It's if you have both ends
1: of the. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I, I always really like seeing those paint jobs that look like they're off the page of a comic book the, oh, the bright yeah. colors and the, the black lines.
0: Those oh like... yeah. That one guy on Facebook was doing all the cell shading stuff. I don't remember yeah. who that is, but that that's like one of my favorite styles I've seen. Those, those, those minis
1: yeah. look like a trip and, and, I, I'm like fighting myself to not strip everything I own and, <laughs> and restart.
2: It's harder than it looks too. I tried doing it once by myself, but I was just so embarrassed by the results. I'm like, Oh, I'll
0: leave it. I'll leave it to him. I don't think I can, I don't think I can do this. <laughs>
1: I'm, sc- I'm scared myself. I'm an amateur painter at best. So
0: <laughs> so we were, ended up saying about the, you know, the, the tournament scene and people being very intense. And I guess that's going to get into the, the part about your career right now uh, on organized play and play testing. Organized play, like how would you summarize it to anybody? Like, why is how is it different from like us just going off to like a Tuesday shop?
1: Yeah, that term gets thrown around a lot, and since this is you know your episode, I was hoping that we could help our listeners define that. What is what is organized play?
2: Uh, organized play it has many different origins. It, from the community itself has versions of organized play, but when a company says they offer organized play, like Privateer Press, it's a structure by which everyone can find the rules and come together to play the game and also get rewarded for it. There's prize support, unique sculpts sometimes, badges, patches, coins to reward the players for coming together and just having a great time. That's
1: that's great. I know that I appreciate all the, uh, the prize support that our store gets, uh, so it sounds like this is just giving a framework for players to enjoy the game, but also rewarding them for engaging with the way you would like to see them play.
2: Yeah. And we even offer price support in a basic way. Like I've had people come to me and be like, hey, I want to run Food Machine. That's completely mm-hmm. like a uh, community driven aspect. It's a great charity and they're like can we have some prize support can you know and i'm um, absolutely i will make prize support up for you to make sure i support that event
1: <laughs> we we can attest we ran our food machine back in february and you guys came through really well for us so oh well
0: so i'm you.
2: glad yeah it's such a great cause too i yeah, i love I agree how the community can come together not just for fun but also for a great cause yeah, yeah.
0: but people do bring some really crazy jank with that though <laughs> when go ahead and say you know, with an arc note i was like yeah. that's not right i don't like that I I know. Know.
1: i'm a bad person i'm sorry i'm not sorry <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my next question is that we'd actually heard uh, something that was on another another podcast. And Matt Wilson had mentioned that uh, Privateer Press does not want to discourage the community from running their own events, such as Food Machine or other things like that. Yeah. So uh, we've we've just discussed how you know we're gonna find that pride support for you guys if you if you build it, they will come. Right. Right. So we've been seeing more and more local communities. Take up the reins and start running their own events, which we're really, really happy about. But for people that might be listening to this podcast or some other content, and they've never heard of this before, or they've never been to an organized play event, how do you think that they can best jump into this part of War Machine or this part of what Privateer Press has to offer?
2: Uh, Well, I mean, the first basic step is on our website, under Organized Play, we have broken down all of our various formats. That's a great starting point because it's a little intimidating for someone who's never run an event before to make up their own rules. Some people are way into that. Some people want more structure. It's however you want to tackle it. From there, we offer the prize support itself on our store, or you can contact front desk at privateer press if you want something particular or like a charity like food machine that's how you guys reached out to me i think and we'll get you guys squared away with exactly what kind of fits your event it's
0: great tailor-made i love it tailor-made yeah and then lauren because of with how much stuff has happened within the game so I, I i like fluff i i should probably do more research but i do like it i always love it i a lot of characters in the iron kingdoms have died whether it was pre Infernal Invasion or during the Infernal Invasion, and it, it, I, I have a, a conversation, and like I like Andy's playing Severus. I'm like, he's dead. You can't play him. Like, what, what's what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but it, has there ever been like talk about maybe like a different ages of this game, like or or or, or getting like some kind of laundry list of like saying like, hey, if you're in pre Infernals, like this is this is, like, who's still around, and these are the major beats that happen, so that way if maybe, like, somebody wanted to run the the story of, I don't know, Calissa shooting Zal, you know, and then he ends up becoming, you know, the Zal 2, immortal version of him, like, is, is there, like, a resource, or, or, or some way that people can go and do something like that?
2: Uh, no, we don't exactly have a research, this was actually news to me, I had a bunch of questions all in last month from a bunch of different community people, like, "Hey, what's your what's your uh, like like dead caster list?" Or like, "Do you guys <laughs> do that thing that that 40k does where you, you kill off casters and they can't use them anymore?" And uh, I actually am one of the few people in the world who don't play 40k, so this was completely news to me. Um, but uh, no, we don't here. have we don't have a list like that. We do. We are considering like a format for like the oldest models and newest models but we're not exactly 100 percent sold on that it, it's, it's things we've looked at for organized play but ultimately if you if you want to run a theme that's right for you or uh, something thematic like we don't want to limit play that way ever i think is, is a big goal for us
0: so gotcha no and and the question wasn't supposed to be like designed like that it was just more so along the lines of there's a launch list of people that have died and i even think like i see like on like the facebook messages it's just like who's dead and (laughs) i just see like the whole thing mr like it was mr clog and just like just like the list of like everybody i'm just like yeah some
1: people might have been having trouble working the old twitter machine so they were they were looking for uh do do we know the body count after the infernal invasion? Like oh, who's still oh, here?
2: You're looking for like literally a list of uh, yeah, fatalities. like, uh, officially confirmed uh,
1: okay. warcaster fatalities or something? <laughs> no, we
2: sh- I think we should though. That sounds like a great great resource i'm sorry i just kind of misunderstood the question there
0: no it's okay it was like a bit of a two-parter with (laughs) that because again like for people doing like organized stuff it's just like do you want to do something that's like based off of an iconic you know and this could be something that a community could like go and you know design themselves you know uh in in that case they want to go host something that's not a steamroller or something that you've already pr- uh, produced, you know, if someone wants to take on th- that mantle. But, uh, no, that, that laundry list, that's just because... You know, I should get together with Gets and we should come up with a fatality report.
1: <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, just have a full list of who's left. It, yeah. I, 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 is it better at this point for who's left, or... <laughs>
1: I don't know. A- any extra day I have to fight in the warfare of Iron Kingdoms, like, there's mustard gas everywhere. I'm out. <laughs> I think I'd rather be- have my goose get cooked in the <laughs> infernal I believe invasion. it's strangle <laughs>
0: gas in Iron in Kingdoms. <laughs> uh, <no>. right. yeah. <laughs> right, Dan, do you want to go hit your uh, steamroller question now? Yeah,
1: of course. So, on the subject of steamrollers. We've heard that uh, you guys are prepping for a new change to the Steamroller document. I think you mentioned it earlier, and it's, uh, uh, congratulations, by the way, if this is going to be your first ever Steamroller document, that's right. And that was supposed to be around November of this year. That would be... Two thousand twenty-two. Yep. As per, we're looking at the steamroller document. They usually run for a year and a half to two years, typically. Mm-hmm. But some of the community members that we've got at home here in in Delaware and Pennsylvania were wondering if we're going to see any major shakeups in the kinds of sh- scenarios that we're looking to uh, expect in the next steamroller document.
0: And will Hills come back?
2: Yeah. I. You know. You know what? That's funny. That came up in a conversation. Not too long ago, we asked ourselves: Should we bring hills back? Is that is that is that a troll <laughs> move? Is that? But no. Uh, yes, we, there are some big changes coming. So big, in fact, we might even have some previews for you in October before it actually drops. Just so just so the community can get ready oh. and, and get a taste for this before it goes into effect. We definitely want to give p- uh, places like Las Vegas open, for example, enough time to prepare for mm-hmm. stuff like this. So. Uh, I'm really excited to share it with you.
1: (laughs) Two follow-up questions. uh, I'll give you a layup here. Uh, One, uh, Paul has been doing a lot of work on some very scenic
0: terrain features. I love making dollhouse furniture so much. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) Um, Can we get a hint? Uh, Are we going to see any brand new terrain types available?
2: So brand new terrain types is something we want to bring in. I think you will see that more probably in the next... Steamroller document. We we didn't want to throw too much at once. If that makes sense, that makes sense. So it that will be sense, a little yeah. bit before you see something brand spanking new. I think.
1: Okay. Um, so Paul, you can put away your dollhouse furniture for now.
0: <laughs> no, I want to play with them. Want to go fight in the forest. Second follow up question:
1: If we're going to run a warfare weekend qualifier in December, which is maybe less than a month at early December, maybe less than a month after the Steamroller documents set to change, what can we and perhaps other organized play groups do to prepare for the release of an upcoming Steamroller document. In general,
0: it's like for us because, like, when we do the stuff, I love making the dollhouse stuff. Our tables are like mm-hmm. beautiful looking now, and I just want to make sure that we do a warfare we can qualify. We have the new stuff, sure, like that. You know what I mean? Like just so that I can. Well,
2: try I mean, to make we are stuff. going to have, like I said, the previews should be out Octoberish, mm-hmm. so you have a whole extra month before it goes live my i'm my brain's skipping it's either the first of november or end of november so mm-hmm. you'll have the new steamroller for your guys's event in december and uh, just l- keeping your community informed uh a lot of people will have events but then not even post that there was a change so that when the list building comes they're like oh i was expecting things to work this way or that way and Communication is always key, and work. Even we need to work on our communication sometimes to make sure we blast our message as much as possible when things change. It's something I want to be on
0: top of this year. So, well, I'll say this, Dan. That means that I can't put away my box cutter or my popsicle stick. So I guess I'm still building stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I will say though, like even if you're running an official steamroller, even if it's an Iron Gauntlet qualifier, if a TO wants to include special terrain, that's the TO's prerogative. I feel if you want to introduce any of that stuff off the hook don't be afraid to make things a little weird now and then i i encourage that kind of creativity i love you
1: that you hear that tos out there you get let let's see your weirdest craziest terrain features
0: i'm gonna make some hills <laughs> paul you stop it with your hills all right and then <laughs> I love elevation. It's pretty. All right, Lauren. I think this was our last organized play question because I'm assuming you do. We primarily do War Machine and hordes here, right? But I know Privateer Press does a lot more products. You do organized play for all the different IPs that are there. How do you balance that? Like, if you're doing the organized play for War Machine, for Warcaster, Neon Mechanica, for Monpoc, like how how do you allocate your time, your resources, to make sure that it. it it's, I guess it's done on. Yeah, time.
2: well, I mean, it's it's you know you have project management in any other company. It sounds boring, but it, it's just project management, really. I, I have several teams of contractors who are all play testing for me. Managing who's on what project at any one time, managing what developer is actually actively uh, creating the stuff. I, for instance, for Monpoc stuff, I, I work real tightly with Emmanuel. You know, he's he's helped us out a lot. Uh, with that kind of stuff. And then just, there has to be an equal balance for everything. And you'll see this a lot more in the coming years as new updates come out for everything. Now that COVID's over, COVID really gave it the feeling of a dry spell, but we didn't want anyone to feel like they were missing out when they couldn't play and we didn't want to encourage anyone to be unsafe. So now we are going to be full bore producing so much cool content for you guys over this next year.
0: That's actually really cool. It, like I'll say this just because like I, I work in education. That's really, that's really responsible for like one thing. And, and, and I really commend that. And I think like, I don't even know if like people have even heard that side of it. So that, that's yeah. great. Like that's yeah, awesome. We, I love it. We want our community to be safe because we care about you guys.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really nice to be able to hear, you know, that, that it is our community that helps motivate you and the the other developers. So thank you. Yeah, Uh, from everyone down in you know Delaware and Pennsylvania here. We appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I, I hope some days I can we can connect and meet up at, a, at Warfare Weekend as it comes up. I hope to meet you guys. We can get a
0: game in. I want to get that Delaware community experience. Everybody like everybody. <laughs>
1: that would be pretty. Uh, that would be pretty uh,
0: cool. Lauren, I have a newborn. Like she's three months old. I I can't. But, I, I I can't go to right, Indianapolis. It's okay, Paul. I'll
1: jump on that grenade for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'll happily jump on that.
1: Grenade. <laughs> so. Speaking of playing things I think that's going to bring us to the next topic. So I was interested in asking you a few questions about playtesting. Absolutely. I took a class in video game design in college and I remember almost nothing about it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, I, I really do like digging down into some nitty gritty details about how games work and yeah. how they're designed. So on that note, I I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on, on how you evaluate the balance of the different intellectual properties at Privateer Press.
2: Sure. I, get, I think the ha- hardest, the biggest, ugh, the biggest challenge with that kind of thing is that every game has a different balance, and balancing that in your head can be a big challenge, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but games like War Machine, much more number-centric, having to crunch the numbers to make sure that they, one point of defense, one point of armor, makes a big difference in War Machine. And watching those curves uh, when you break it out numerically against different factions who have different attack values, we have those numbers. We, we consider that. Mm-hmm. And then putting it into playtest uh, gives another stark example in that numbers mean one thing to the people who understand, Like just if you're looking at raw numbers, it makes sense this way. But when someone actually puts it on the table and plays with it, it has a completely different feel sometimes. like Even if we know numerically this is good, It doesn't always feel that way when it hits the table, because there's so many things that you can't account for in numbers, like line of sight or forests. Where is this all on the board together? So you have to look at it through as many perspectives as possible. Numbers, your own, the communities.
1: Yeah, that's really fascinating. I I love... Graphs and stuff, so I'd I'd probably kill to see mm. those uh, those bell curves, you know.
2: I'm a marketing major, and that translates real well even into yeah. uh, <laughs> into game design. It's <laughs> all all those delicious, delicious statistics.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, follow up. You say you do a lot of play testing, but I'm curious to know if you examine uh, real world or community results and you know performance things like uh, you know how someone is playing this miniature at a tournament how did it perform at a tournament you know what games were it played against you know that sort of thing do is that part of your like maybe even uh post balance analysis sort of
2: oh yeah yeah i mean you can go far as far back and like the the starkest examples of that are when you can see when we clearly made a mistake we're not infallible i'm not going to claim that we are but like you can look back at things like uh Una the Falconer, Una 2, basically was changed almost immediately after the first tournament because she her, her first set of rules were were completely unbalanced, and we realized it after it shipped because something clicked in our minds and we went, oh, all right. And then all of a sudden uh, we saw it in a tournament and it became even starker. Just like straight, all right, we have to we have to correct this. We have to fix this. But usually we find that the tournament results kind of match our what we see um yeah yeah
1: that's really interesting
0: so but i mean like does that mean like you did your job well and and like okay we're good let's let's drive forward for the next one
2: yeah yeah um sometimes it's you know part of game balancing is purposely unbalancing some stuff like (laughs) uh because it's not just numbers it's you want to drive the meta and you want the meta to grow and evolve and shift to new threats uh because that creates interest that's interesting and building lists is interesting for new problems. So occasionally, you know, we you poke something a little far in one direction and it creates uh, a problem on purpose. And we want to see that. And then we want to create this. Then we want people to come up with solutions to that. We love watching the community evolve that way.
1: Yeah, that's really great. I mean, this all is in keeping with uh, the scientific method. You know, you, you set a hypothesis, you test it, and then you observe the results. And yeah. in, this, in those cases, it sounds like you you can watch a tournament play out and say, you know, no, this is this is exactly what we were hoping when we designed this miniature. Yeah. So that's that's really cool to to see that play out in real time. I think
2: even in that, I think my proudest moments watching the community is when there is a problem and then an unexpected solution gets created for it. Like sometimes we predict <laughs> what's going to fix it, right? We're like, oh, they're going to choose take these models now to deal with this problem. And then the community goes in another direction that we didn't even consider. And we're like, beautiful, wonderful. I love seeing that.
1: I remember my own uh, custom-built solution to UNA when she, when Mark III was first coming out. And I started building in you know a Harkovich list with as many Kodiaks and uh, <laughs> Devastators as possible to get auto-hit, non-melee attack damage rolls out there. Yeah, And yep. I agree. That was some of the most fun I've had in War Machine was, you know, trying to puzzle out my own solution that I could h- hold in my back pocket. So uh, I think this stuff is really cool.
2: I-, I had a really jank Nemo list myself that the auto-hitting lightning was the only way i could get around it but yeah yeah no
0: that was still a little too much problematic uh but yeah sure. it's, it's not <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> so then because you're talking about all this play testing how about all this new stuff that private your press is you know teasing with us right the the orgoth the, the new signor stuff and Kador's getting a tank like how how do you get the research the the information on on the model performance is that done like internally or externally or or, or? or a mix of both and like how many people do you have like working on this project at once
2: we have uh, the company internally works on it both the you know the designers create the designers play test it we present it internally to some people who continue to play test it and then we also then when we feel like it's it's starting to brew in the right direction then we share it with our external contractors that we have it, it people from the community people not even in the community. We want to. We have a full breadth of uh, understandings of the game. We try and get because we want to see what new players think of things. We want to see what veterans, tournament players, play, and, and casual players. Uh, I have a whole group. You know, groups to match all needs, and they really they get games in. Uh, they report to us. I compile the info and share that with the rest of the designers. So I think the biggest challenge with this project, though, has been. Usually we have produced one or two like you, you've seen previous release waves where there's one or two things here or there i i think this is the largest amount of new stuff i've ever seen us internally produce at one time
0: i can i just want to say because i remember it was the the not the keynote keynote or whatever that 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 insider thing was like you know last year whatever it was just like orgoth is coming and I just thought it was only Orgoth. But then when I started seeing all these new, like, Signar drops, and you had, like, the, the art of, like, the new Signar versus the Orgoth, it's like, whoa, there is a lot of stuff. And and the amount of models that are being made for Signar, like, ugh, Like, I, I can... And, and you even teased Kador, and... I, I think
2: today we announced that there were three total new casters for
0: Storm Legion alone, so... I, I have not seen that before. Like, I I, I think back to... to, to um, i i made a post on it it's like reminds me of like league of legends season two where they had a new champion like every other week and it's just like you just can't keep up because there's so much new stuff and everyone's doing something new and i'm not gonna lie this is just the tip of the iceberg too oh my gosh uh
2: and and you know, uh, i think i think we're you think you'll be hearing more this month even so
1: i had a feeling and i'm really excited about what's coming
0: it's coming it's coming I'm really excited to go hear what else is under that iceberg. I'm a retribution player, so I'm really holding, holding out for my my Iusins. I I am I'm, I'm so hoping for for something. Oh no, we'll see. Oh, you're gonna be but, excited. Huh <laughs> huh huh. Yes. <laughs> Hold on to
1: your seat, Paul. We got more playtesting questions coming up.
0: Uh, I'd rather buy models. I already have a baby. Like I don't. Oh, I'm gosh. sorry, you had to feed the baby first. I I. <laughs>
1: I don't think you could feed the baby miniatures, Paul. I,
0: I, don't, I don't want to be responsible <laughs> for what
1: happens next. Uh, yep. So next up on the playtesting questions is uh, we've talked about how, you know, Privacy Press is really good about that scientific method and the process of iterating. Um, and everyone knows you know, failure is the best teacher. So when a mistake gets made, you course correct and you come back at it again, you solve the problem a different way. So, I'm curious to know what what your cycles or iterations uh, look like or entail for an, you know one cycle through or one pass through a playtesting process or a uh, you know a, a development process.
2: So usually, uh, in my experience, we come with an idea or a set of models or both uh, that we're testing. In that, then we have between uh, probably it's close to two to three months where we sit down with our play testers there's more time before that of course where we're we're talking internally but like the actual prop what we could what we call a play test cycles with the, with the with the contractors mm-hmm. and we sit down and we get like a week and a half where they absorb the new rules play some games report to us we take a week and a half with the with the stuff and we just bounce back and forth like that you may get three iterations we may get six iterations it's a little fluid based on our needs and uh, how many changes need to get made. Uh, Usually after the second or third pass, we pretty much have the final version. It's just little tweaks after that.
1: That's cool. Do you find that in your first pass, you're most commonly changing, like, stats? And then on number two, you're most commonly changing, like, the power of a weapon, or what an attack does, or something like do you find that there are many overarching themes to how you kind of organically work through this process, or is it drastically different miniature I, to miniature?
2: I think first we, we, we there's lots of dials you can turn, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. First, we tend to reach for point values, because that's the thing that changes the theme of the caster, but uh, there was, um, I'm going to be non-specific, but with a uh, previewed Doran caster, there was a... Ability that just proved too strong and no amount of points fixing uh, was going to affect this. But we managed to find a way to compromise keeping the theme in there. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's what you have to do is just knock the power of the, the ability down. And that doesn't always feel good on paper, but then we played it and it was still incredibly powerful. And we're like, alright, it's not
0: guaranteed to work every time, but man, does it still feel like what we wanted it to have happen. Um, okay can you go into detail and, and but like a non like new model that's coming out like maybe like one that you've worked on in the past that you're just like this is like one of the hardest models to get right and and what I go back to is I just think back to like Falcier, uh because of her bounty mechanic it was just so new and like how do you do that right and it was like I think the original, like, iteration of her, it was, like, a spell that would, like, put out the bounty tokens and stuff, and she originally used to have the prey as a bounty token. Like, who—have you found, like, a model in the past to just be, like, this is—this is, like, slamming a head against a brick wall?
2: Man, that's a good question. I—I—so, I I think— the one that was hardest, and you're not to, to take my my word as a little bit of grain of salt because I wasn't quite as involved as I am now with sure, it. Sure, but sure. the Infernal Masters, the Infernal Masters in particular, if if people saw their original rules, I think their eyes would bleed. Uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's on brand for them.
2: It, it it was like looking at an Eldritch horror, and it because the, there was a theme we wanted the 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 ability to bring in new horrors into the game. That was core to the concept of what we wanted to do. And balancing it in a way that wasn't just like, all right, now this turn I bring in five heavies, deal with it, was very difficult to balance. Oh my god, that was the thing? I think... I think one playtest game I brought three heavies in because it wasn't it wasn't like originally limited to like solos.
0: The once a turn. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Uh, that is my ridiculous. mind's a little foggy on this. Don't don't quote me on any of that. It, it was I was about to say, like, you'd have to be a whale to play an army like. Yeah. That. Oh, Jesus. I'm sure I mean, there's a
1: million things in those playtest documents that are never going to see the light of day.
2: Yeah. Uh, and for good reason. <laughs> and they um, The first idea is very rarely the best idea. <laughs>
1: It's just what you want in your heart of hearts. That's yes, not- yes. So, uh, you know, Paul and I are very familiar with War Machine, but less so with the other IPs that you guys have and the crunchy bits of those systems. So, I was wondering, um, does your playtesting cycle or iteration look different for War Machine versus Monpoc versus Warcaster Neo Mechanica?
2: I think they're they're actually surprisingly similar in the structure of. The project management like it's just does this rule work yes no i mean it's an oversimplification but i feel like you do get less physical games when you test war machine because they take longer than a game of riot quest which is like 30 minutes for four people you get a lot of info Mm -hmm. from one game of riot quest and when you're testing for war machine you're you're testing for like razor razor sharp rules balance right when you're testing for Riot Quest, it's more about is everyone having fun? Is this a fun rule? Is it an easy rule to understand? So there's different approaches to how we take apart the information, but the actual structure of the day-to-day is pretty similar when you kind of zoom out. I
1: would say. Yeah, that's actually really cool. Um, I was kind of expecting them to, to have different methodology because of the, like you said at the start of the interview, that you know the the balance is different. But right. Yeah. to, I mean, well, to hear the... that they're in line is really fascinating.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's always good to have a well-balanced game. What, what can I say?
1: <laughs> I'm with you. So, um, so Lauren, we were wondering um, when when we're talking about different ways that the community can in, engage in organized play, and and I remember from several years back when I used to when I was first starting back in Mark II, they. Uh, Private Press used to schedule these uh, narrative events that would run occasionally throughout the year, and I remember putting together like uh, the Fell Thirteen from Kador, which was just a bunch of snipers and Doom Reavers, and they would they would do secret missions and things, and I thought that was always really cool. Do you guys have anything in the works that uh, could bring these narrative events or some other kind of new format uh, to the table for players?
2: Yeah, well. Uh... First thing I want to talk about the um, Oblivion campaign, which was our our next step of narrative camp, uh, campaign. That's kind of inherited that role of the quarterly narrative play. We released that book, and then we released the supplement during COVID for free. And one of the things we noticed with narrative play is that uh, people seem to enjoy it most in in like, what's the best way to word this? I don't want to I don't want to say basement games because that has
0: connotations. But like, you go to your no, I know what you mean. you you're talking about like it's it's a small group. It's like a small group. It's like yeah,
2: like you and you and your couple other buddies meet in your garage and play games. And I think that's really inspired us for the direction we want to take narrative campaign uh, stuff going forward is we want you guys to be able to tell your the story you want on a smaller scale. You don't need six people to show up to an event or twelve people to show up to an event to have fun. It should be a way to bring a narrative fun to the game. With just you and one other buddy, even. And how that evolves over a couple games you play over the next couple months. And that's something we're looking at. I don't think we have anything to show yet. But that's definitely the direction we're thinking about. Does that make sense? Like, that's that's where we want to take it next. Where I want to take it next.
0: No, no, it's good. The, there, was, there was one document I remember a while ago. And I don't remember where I saw it. But it was like a hex adventure, almost. Where it's like you had a base... And then, like you, like you moved your your guys to different hexes. And then, if your, I think your army met with someone else's army because no one can see. You. you had like one person be the game master. You'd go and fight. And I thought that was such a cool concept. Like I, I, I would yeah, love to see I, that again. I don't know. Um,
2: you guys sound like gamers. I, I do you ever? Do you ever? Any of you guys play uh, Dynasty Warriors? Oh my God, Lou Boo! Ah! I, I, I loved the Dynasty Warriors that were like Risk. Where you're trying to, whenever you wanted trying to take an area, you'd actually enter a game and play. It. That was great. That's sorry. That's just what you reminded me of when you mentioned. that. That's the,
1: exactly what I think of too.
0: It yeah. was it was the um, original Star Wars Battlefront 2 when it yes! was like the Galactic Conquest. I played mm-hmm. the f- out of that. Oh my god, it was so much fun. Yeah i I don't know what it's going
2: to exactly look like yet, but it's it's something that's been how to bring that to a small group of people so they can tell the stories they want uh, is definitely something I want to focus on.
0: That's um, awesome. And then I guess the final question we're going to go ahead and say, because we're talking about playtesting and, you know, we were talking about organized play and, and balance, right? So when you're looking at these major conventions, you know, these Warfare Weekend qualifiers or warf- uh, the Warfare Weekend Invitational, the Iron Gauntlet, are there, like, outliers that you look out for or there's there submissions you say is, like, why is this a thing? And I just go back to Mad Dog Spam. I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. Like, like, did you see that on on the paper? And you're like, this, like, like, I guess, is it foreboding or is it exciting? Like, what when you see this document of like what's going to be coming to this big convention? How uh, do you take
2: well, that? I mean, it. We want everyone to have fun. Are, are you asking like, is it scary to see an unbalance or because?
0: I guess is it scary to see something that you aren't expecting to see.
2: Oh, I mean, no, because like part of the job is to change and, and flow the me- yeah, have the meta move around right it, it's, it's a living breathing thing so when we see new stuff it's exciting because we want to know where it goes we we are keeping an eye on it because occasionally like there are problems like mad dogs eventually got addressed because there wasn't enough tools uh, available in every faction to to make it even right and it was causing some disparity. Usually we see that we get excited because we can't wait to see what comes next from the community, right? Like,
1: like when someone at a convention submits their list and it's this wacky off the wall list and you look at it and you're like, what does this do? And then it starts winning.
2: You, I, I think that, <laughs> uh, there was a, that Merk list. I was looking at the Merk list and going, what are they doing here? What was it? I want to say it's like Fianna or something like that, but there was one where I, I was looking at the list going, what are they doing here? And then finding the really off the wall rules interaction they found to mess with things we ended up changing the wording on that spell i know she had uh... oh is the befuddle okay gotcha is it it the befuddle and the
0: the toros with the counter charge or something is that it yep 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 gotcha uh
2: it needed to be fixed absolutely it was not good but i was so proud that it got found at the same time like
0: does that make sense like (laughs) yeah it's
1: like uh it's like watching your baby grow up and start walking like like, oh "Oh, you figured it out. congratulations
2: i'm the sadistic kind of player that was sad when i couldn't shoot my own storm smiths with lightning bolts anymore <laughs> because i liked the weird interactions i understand why they're not good for the game but yeah, yeah i like finding them maybe, maybe in
1: garage maybe in garage machine
0: maybe yeah, with garage the machine. Event.
1: put it back in for the narratives yeah.
0: <laughs> but i have to i have to say though, with the playtesting that you do and and i've heard about the horror stories that were mark one and <laughs> like saw a couple of battle reports of mark 2 but really like i started playing in mark 3 only and from what i've heard in the horror stories the game's only gotten better so and i and i see the amount of work that you go into play testing like i'm just i'm always excited for what you come, what's coming out you know the orgoth the signor i know that you're not just throwing stuff at us and be like here have fun like you're 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 getting quality products for us and it's just something we should be celebrating it means a lot to hear that from you guys thank you very much
1: it's i I agree, and I echo Paul's sentiment. I've been playing the game since about 2010, 2000, 2011. And uh, since that time, I can't think of any other year in War Machine where I've looked at uh, tournament spread and gone, how do I get better than a 50-50? But the <laughs> fact that I'm at a 50-50 with most of my Kador matchups... Makes me say, man, this system is working, and it is working real well. So as far as I'm concerned, you guys are doing a bang-up job over there, and I can't wait to see what you come up with next.
0: I'm
2: excited to show you guys.
0: It's like, what would they say? It's like 20 years. You guys have been doing it for over 20 years. Yeah, it shows. Just, it's just awesome. I
2: wouldn't be where I'm at without the awesome people who mentored me and taught me inside the company. So shout-out to everyone who's come before me. Uh, you guys really helped me it, come to come to understand game mechanics, and... I'm stoked to be here. It's awesome.
0: Well, all right. Well, I, I think with that, that's going to go and wrap up this interview. Lauren, we want to just thank you again for stopping by on Tried and True. We're little, little tiny podcast, just enthusiastic about the game. Like, we're just really thankful that, you know, we got to be able to chat with you and just provide so much awesome insight on on organized play and playtesting. And it, it's just been a, a bang up job. Yeah, like, it's been a, a, a great thank time. Thank you so here.
1: much for coming on.
2: Yeah, no problem. I can't wait for you guys to hit 500 subscribers good luck too. <laughs>
1: you got to you got to submit an entry get you some right? frozen forge tokens
0: <laughs> did you um have any closing remarks that maybe you the listeners might be excited for they can go ahead and- uh
2: well currently we have our latest uh 5e supplement for the iron kingdoms guys check us out on kickstarter uh it has been a fantastic project to work with and who does not want more necro sharks uh in their D D campaign eating their players so uh
1: I, I can tell you players do want it that's all yes. they can talk about yes. at the store is the necro shark
0: <laughs> I, i'm so excited for somebody to do like an aquaman like style character for like nightmare to... empires or something i don't know it's just, honestly, <laughs> it's just right, talking goes... to the sharks or something all right now <laughs> I'm just being dumb. is fine. Uh, Dan, do you have any more remarks? Uh,
1: No. Uh, Like, follow, subscribe. Guys, we we love this community. We love the content. And, uh, you know, we want to hear your success stories. We want to hear your not-so-successful stories. (laughs) And please keep spreading the love, spreading the game, and, you know, have fun and good luck with your dice rolls
0: yeah everybody keep up with the positive vibe it, again it's never been a better time to play War machine and it's been great thank you for tuning in on this episode of tried and true on the next one we're going to be continuing our series of interviewing a couple more employees over at private Press and see what they're working on so from all of us here in delaware thank you for listening and we'll catch you later see ya bye everybody bye.